What's up, EKN Nation? How are you today? It is uh, June the 17th. It's a Wednesday, middle of the way through this week. Uh, fantastic, obviously, news uh, from this past weekend. There's a number of different programs getting going. Of course, one of our face, uh, face-to-faces last week, we talked to uh, Mike Smith, uh, filling us in on how things are getting rolling at CalSpeed as well. So so uh, California getting rolling. And David, we talked to Marco Oldoffer as well uh, from the F-Series uh, up at New York Race Complex New York State starting to get rolling here by the end of the month as well. So it just feels like I think almost every region that we have going is getting rolling again with karting, which is great for the industry. It's great. I mean, everybody's getting haircuts now, which Feels is good. good. Uh, you know, and I, I forgot where my razor is, so I gotta I gotta take care of that. But um, things are things are moving in the right direction, as we as we mentioned last week when we talked to uh, Scott Smith from Buckeye Karting Challenge, and and as we as you mentioned, uh, Mike Smith from. Uh, Cal speed things are gradually getting there. Uh, we're we're almost we're almost at a hundred percent. You know we're yeah. we're not quite there yet. You know we still have some facilities that are not quite uh, opening up yet. KPX announced a three race schedule. Uh, we're going to post that up on the uh, on social media here later today. We should get those um, guys on too pretty soon. We haven't so, talked to those boys. Yep. So so stuff's looking good in California because as you said, Mike Speed opening. Up. Uh, we got a big race this weekend at, at in Phoenix with the, the California Rock Championship. Yeah. Uh, next weekend, as you said, we have F Series. We have the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati opening up their uh, first ever club program that they're going to be hosting uh, this season as well. Uh, lots of you know, guy who we're going to talk to just opened up you know two weekends ago. Lots lots going on across the country, and it's good to see. Yeah, shout out to anybody who's starting to come in here. Remember, if you're on on here, you want to ask some questions or make comments, just do that in the uh, in the commentary below, and we'll be able to uh, bring those into the show for you. And again, as David said, let's uh, let's bring in our guest for today, one of our faves, a guy that we've known for a long time in the sport, Greg Jasperson from Cup Cards North America, joining us. Greg, great to Gentlemen, have you. Bud. How's it going? <laughs> I will going say, well. I will say this: we talked about the fact that we've got some notes, right? That we worked through, and we're all ready to go. I'm looking at the introduction. And it's and David, you can start smiling. It says Greg Jasperson, Cup Carts North America, and then in brackets it says beat Rob Howden at the Rock Island Grand Prix in 2014, <laughs> Briggs 206 Masters. So that's something that you don't have in common with Dave because Dave's never beat me, but you definitely have. Yeah, that was actually the funny thing is <clears throat> that was a it was a really good battle. We were having a good fight for second, third, and fourth. Tony Nielsen was gone. Um, I qualified beside him, but man, uh, it was me, you, I think it was Jeff Scott. I think yeah. was in that battle. And yep. that was fun. I uh, I didn't run defensive enough on the last lap, and you guys rolled me. So <laughs> I had to finish in fourth. Well, last lap at Rock Island, things can tend to happen. So we yeah, all made it through, which is what mattered. That's true enough. That's true enough. Anyways, great to have you here. Uh, folks, for those of you maybe just tuning in for the first time or watching this, of course, on our YouTube channel, if you haven't, uh, if you're not watching on Facebook, you can always watch all of our shows or on our YouTube channel. Uh, Cup Cards North America really has kind of uh, reignited, I think, uh, carding. Uh, four cycle karting in the Midwest, of course. Uh, uh, we, we've had Greg on another podcast before talking about what they did and the motivation to get this program rolling. Uh, but they have their Champions Cup series, which is a, which is a traveling series, and then of course uh, the Grand Nationals at Newcastle uh, last year. David Cole and I were able to race that, the third edition. Greg, uh, before we get into anything else, did you just go back a little bit and look at the massive massive growth of that event? It reminds me of the Supernats to a certain extent, right? It's like the it's like the four cycle Supernationals. And it's just starting to grow and grow. You know, the, the numbers last year were amazing. You know, it's going to be bigger this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really rewarding to see that people are responding to the program that we've put together. Um, 
you know, the, the families that have become a part of this series and even the, just that race, um, it really makes it worthwhile for what we're doing. You know, I've said, I've been doing this for 25 years and I, and I said this when we were at Newcastle last year and David would probably echo my statements. If when I was at the first couple of super nationals and everybody that was there knew that they were a part of something special, right? It was, wow, this is this new outlaw shifter cart thing. It's gonna be this big race. Everybody was coming into play. And that's how I felt when we were at Newcastle last year, everybody was kind of walking around. You could, they were all happy that they were actually part of it. Like they were experiencing this, this start of history. Yeah. I mean, and, and I appreciate the comparison. I mean, you know, what, what those, the guys at Scusa have done is amazing with that program. Um, and it, for the Vegas race, I mean, it, I finally got to go a couple of years ago and yeah. I was just awestruck by what they they've done. And, you know, it's a, it's a great model for us to try to, um, you know, put an event together even close to that caliber. Well, David, we'll jump into this thing right now. Cause obviously, uh, Greg, <laughs> The Cup Carts North America, the Champions Cup, was not immune to what was happening uh, with the whole COVID-19 shutdown that really locked karting down for two or three months. Give us your update now. You guys are rolling, as David had mentioned. You guys actually had your first race already. Yeah, so we had our first race uh, just about a week and a half ago. Um, wasn't the track we expected to go to. We had to gut pretty much the whole first half of our schedule <laughs> just from you know all the states having different policies. Uh, but we were finally able to get going at 61 Cartway in uh, Del Mar, Iowa. Um, put on a great event there. We had over 100 carts a day, which is the biggest event um, that we've ever had there. And I believe that they've ever had for uh, just a regular karting event. So um, yeah, it was great. You know, good turnout in all the classes, excellent racing on track. So uh, we were very, very happy that even though there are, we had quite a few regulars that we knew couldn't come that weren't there because of various reasons associated with the coronavirus, uh, we had so many new families that participated that we were able to uh, beat our old number by almost 20%. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's uh, let's jump in. Tell us where what's the next event? Where are we where are we going? I know that one of your events was was TBD, uh, your third event you hadn't figured out exactly where you're going to go yet. Can you give us any information here on face to face on kind of what's happening? Yeah, so um, our next event's going to be uh 4th of July weekend at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Uh, Mike was kind enough to uh work with us and some of his other customers that had weekends there and they jockeyed some schedules around uh to open up a weekend for us which was amazing for both him and the the other series that I uh, were able to help us make that work. So we're going to do a big 4th of July spectacular there. Um and I'm actually happy to announce that uh just yesterday we came to an agreement with uh MRP. So we are going to be doing the third race at MRP. Um, it's, I believe, two weeks after the Newcastle race. It's July 25th through 27th, I believe. Nice. Okay. Now let's talk about, I know we before we came on the show, you talked a little bit about the race, the, the uh, July 4th weekend race. What do we got going for a track layout uh, at Newcastle? So that's kind of a funny story. Um, a lot of people have been concerned that we're going to run the same track we've ran for nationals, which obviously we weren't going to do. Um, Newcastle is one of the few tracks that I don't have a ton of seat time at. I've just, you know, I only go there for nationals and there's no time for me to go and play around in right. a go-kart. Um, but, uh, working with Mike Adams that runs the place and a few other racers, we kind of came up with some different parts and pieces of the track that people liked. Um, Newcastle right now has over, I believe 46 track layouts. We paged through all of them and what we wanted wasn't one of them. <laughs> so, um, spent some time on the phone with Mike last night and early this morning. And, uh, I'm actually really excited to announce that, uh, we have created track 47 for wow, Newcastle man. and, uh, we will be the first series to ever run it. Are, uh, are you going to release that somewhere? When, when, when are people going to know what this, what this track is? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Mike was going to try to get an email sent off to me uh, before we started this, because obviously he had to get the old Photoshop out. I'm just checking my computer <laughs> right now, and I don't have it yet. Come on. Uh, but, but, 
but the really cool part about this is, is um, so for nationals, we've always used what, I, I don't know what their terminology is, but I call it the front half of the track or the main track section. Yeah. We've never gone out to the back section behind the scale house where they have the tri-oval and things like that. We're going to be utilizing the entire facility. So it's going to be a much longer lap. Obviously, wow. we've had to adjust the schedule and some race lengths because of that. You know, everyone's going to still have the same track time, a couple less laps just so we can make it all fit into the day. But we're going to be doing, this will be the longest track layout that we've ever ran for a Cup Carts event. It's a 14 mile layout. It's a one lap. Around the <laughs> it's, uh, it's what it could end up being. Yeah. Well, it could be interesting if we did that, but no, I believe, um, obviously we don't know yet because he's got to map it out, but I believe it's about 0.9 miles. It's close to a mile, right. but, um, so we're going to do five lap heats, eight lap features is what it looks like will fit into the schedule. Um, but there's some really neat passing opportunities, some extra elevation changes. Um, I know the corner coming off the tri-oval is uh, a favorite for some of the Newcastle locals. So that was something we really wanted to try to include. Yeah, we uh, obviously ran that with the Supercarts USA crew last year too. That was a, that's a really cool corner. Um, registration already open for that race? Yep. Yep. Registration opened just a few days ago. Uh, I've already got a fair amount of people registered. You know, of, of course, as we always talk, no one registers until the day before the event. So, um, you know, anyone who jumps on there and, you know, says, oh, nobody's going, that's not the case. Um, I can tell you that our pre-registration numbers uh, versus what actually showed up at 61 Cartway was almost uh, 40% different. So oh, man. Um, it, it's amazing how many people don't pre-register and that's fine. We have that conversation crazy. all the time, Greg. Yes, we do. <laughs> Um, I I've honestly gotten to the point where I don't even look at it before the races anymore. Cause it's, it's out of my control at that point. So I I'm going to trust that, uh, at this point, the people are going to come and, uh, we're going to put on the race regardless. But how, but okay, as, go, as a, as a promoter, that's, that's, it's a little bit disheartening to see that because you have to prepare for not only staff, but as you said, like scheduling wise, you know, if you get a massive amount of numbers that you weren't expected to get, uh, it, it affects the scheduling a little bit and also tires as well too, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it puts us into a little bit of a bind. Um, you know, we, we end up bringing a lot more tires to the track than we probably need to most of the time because the last thing we ever want to do is run out of tires um, or any supply for that matter. Fuel, you know, some tracks we bring in the fuel because there's no gas station nearby. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot of things that we're always, you know, have we plan for the worst to make sure that we can always accommodate no matter how many people show up. Um, in fact, up until this year, we never released down to the minute schedules like we do at Grand. So for all of our divisional races, we just kind of give a vague schedule so we can yeah. adjust on the fly. Um, the, the feedback we've gotten from all of our racers is they really like that detailed schedule. So that is now something we're doing for all of our events, but that does kind of handcuff us a little bit to change on the fly if we need to. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll, we'll always figure it out. We always find a way to make it work either way. A question coming in from, from Tom Harlman. How much is the entry for the, uh, for the Champions Cup race at Newcastle? So um, if you just register at the gate, it is $70 a day. However, if you pre-register, uh, it's $120 for the weekend. So it saves okay. you $20 if you pre-register. And uh, yeah, that's our big pet peeve, folks. Pre-register, please. Like, come on. Let's just, <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, all right. So you had your first race at, at 61 Cartway. You got Newcastle coming on the July 4th weekend. What is the date actually of the of the MRP? Uh, the MRP that's round three, right? Yep, the MRP race uh, practice day will be Friday, July 24th, and then we are racing July 25th and 26th. All right, all right. And then where do we go from there? So from there, we get a couple weeks off, thankfully, because we'll need it. Um, and then uh, August 21st through 23rd will actually be the fourth race and the final race of the Champions Cup Series for the year, and that's at Road America. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. 
Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Two thousand nineteen was a great year, no question. But the off season is here, and I know that your mind is already thinking about next season. We all want to get better and improve our skills and our racecraft. And maybe you're tired of missing the podium or even the championship. So what do you do? Here's what I think: take a breather from throwing money at the newest speed secret and a new chassis you don't quite need yet. Invest in yourself. Take yourself to the next level as a driver. If you want to improve your results, do what every athlete does, regardless of the sport: get professional coaching. And in karting, there's only one choice. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston. Alan Rudolph is a legend in our sport, and he's been a coach for over 15 years. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for 2020 by calling 866-607-7223. Or head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and safety gear to get you on the track. Shopakra.com offers a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure that all the latest equipment is available to you, the consumer. With customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today, or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Also, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials, clearance items, and new products. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. I like that. Now that's the same weekend I believe as the Indianapolis 500. Currently, uh, if if they don't if they don't run that race, let's say they move that race to October, I think that David Cole and I should potentially get out there to get to that to Road America. I'd love to get to that track. That'd be fun. It, it is a really fun track to race. Um, you know, it, again, it's another big track. It's got tons of elevation. You actually yeah. come down a you come down a very fast hill, so um, it, it definitely catches some people by surprise the first time they drive it. But it, it always races well. 
Uh, and that's the final two rounds of the Champions Cup, correct? Yes, sir. So that'll cap things off. That's where you have your champions there. Excellent. Dave, what else let's, you got? Let's kind of go back to uh, the opener you just had a week and a half ago because you, you've kind of mixed up a little bit of the, the class structure for the Champions Cup. Uh, no, you no longer have two open classes. You just have the one open class. And you introduced the uh, CIK Senior Light. Tell us a little bit about how uh, the opening weekend went for, for that change in the, in the structure. Yeah, you know, I, I, all in all, it was a change for the better. Um, I, I know that some of our competitors were concerned that that CIK Light class might not have the attendance that they thought that we knew it would for nationals. Um, that was not the case. It was actually the largest class, if I'm not mistaken. If not, it was tied with CIK yeah. medium. So third, yeah, it was the third. It, it was tied with CIK medium. So that, those were the two biggest senior class classes. Junior had 21, and and Sportsman had 18. So we'll we'll get into those two a little bit later. But yeah, it, it kind of I think it kind of was guys did both light and medium. If I if I looked at the results correctly, yeah, I think there were five or six guys that did both, um, which. You know, it, it, it's great. Obviously, we appreciate it when people want to race that much. We, we've never wanted to design our schedule or our class structures to force people to do that because some people just don't want to race two classes, can't afford to race two classes, yeah. and that's fine. Um, but we do also have people that, you know, if they're going out for the weekend, they want to run two. So we, we're trying to accommodate as many people that way as we can. Um, you know, the senior open thing is going to be interesting. Um, you know, we've always said we're going to allow the open bodywork guys to race with us as long as they want to come racing. And, and I stand by that statement. Um, however, at the first weekend, we didn't have the numbers there. Uh, the first day we only had a few people, a couple showed up on Sunday, which was great. Uh, we were able to at least have, you know, a, a respectable number of carts out there. Um, but ultimately what we told all the competitors was if we can't get that up to a five or six cart average, uh, we probably won't run that as a class at the nationals yeah. just because time is so precious there, um, that we would rather use that time to make the other class races longer, um, add a different class, whatever it might be. Um, and then obviously we'll revisit it for next year. We, we, we respect the open bodywork thing. I myself have raced it for a long time. And, uh, as long as those guys want to keep coming racing, we will have a home for them. Um, but we just need them to come to the track and show us that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. That's all you can do as long as you offer it up. Uh, David, what else do you want to bring, get into the, the, the junior and the, and the sportsman categories? Yeah, I think it's gotta be a good feeling to know that two of your biggest categories were two of the younger categories with junior and sportsman, because that kind of leads to what the future is going to bring not only for your series but karting in general it's great to see a lot of these young kids getting off started in the briggs 206 package i think yeah i mean it it, it truly is a good sign for the future um and, and i can tell you some of the racing in those classes is phenomenal um you know 61 is a great track but it's not the easiest track to pass at um and, and it, i can tell you the 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 race craft that we saw some of those kids demonstrate was truly impressive um, and the respect that they gave each other, to be honest with you. I mean, everyone, everyone knows any series out there, you know, some of the youth classes, sometimes there's some youthful mistakes made that cause some stuff on the track and we're not immune to that. But, um, I, I was very impressed with the kids, um, in the room that they gave each other and how hard they raced each other. Um, and, and always, you know, seeing them at the end of the race at, you know, talking with each other at the scales. Um, and, and even in our kid cart class, which is not the biggest class and will never be the biggest class. Um, we've got some new blood there and we've got some kids that are coming in, you know, and it's, you know, that the, the future looks bright for karting if we can keep those classes the way they are. Yeah, agreed for sure. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how uh, I know it's obviously a lot of stress with with the whole COVID-19, uh, the pandemic, the shutdown. Can you talk about potentially working working with the tracks, working with your sponsors? How did was it kind of a did everybody just kind of come together to make sure everything was going to be good when, you, when we got racing again? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, all the sponsors, you know, play, 
pay, uh, play a key role in all this. Um, some of them we need to lean on for help finding people, help finding supplies, um, making sure that they're in the loop. Um, you know, some of them, you know, aren't as involved as others, but it, you know, all of them play a part in those decisions. Um, quite frankly, the tracks have been a really big part of it. Um, not only the tracks we weren't able to go to, cause you know, our, our first priority was to try to find a way to make it work at the tracks that we had scheduled. Yeah. Um, and staying in touch with them, trying to figure out with their local governments, what's going on. It, it's, uh, I've learned a lot of new things about <laughs> government and, uh, <laughs> communication with those people that I, uh, didn't know and quite frankly, didn't want to know, but, um, yeah, I, it, you know, for us, truly the biggest thing has been um, our staff. Um, just as everyone else is impacted in their own work lives, um, our staff has been affected by it as well. Um, you know, I've got two guys that, quite frankly, probably won't make a single race this year because of obligations at work. Thankfully, they're working, mm -hmm. but um, they're not able to uh, get the time off of work. Um, I've got a couple guys that mm -hmm. uh, are limited on when they can and can't come. So we've we've had to tap into some of the local tracks to bring in some extra people. Um, you know, our, our biggest thing is our race director, Matt from last year, um, is not going to be able to attend, uh, any of the races up until this point and the next two as well, it looks like. So, uh, we had to dig deep and, uh, we've actually, uh, called up Glenn firing and I'm, I'm really happy to announce that Glenn's going to come back and, uh, race direct for the remainder of the season for us. Um, you know, Glenn's been a great guy. He's got more racing credentials than anybody out there when it comes to say, a little bit of experience. Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> a little bit. You know, Glenn got us started out. Glenn was our race director the first couple of years, and he really helped us set a groundwork um, for the way we do things now. And, and I'm eternally grateful to him for that. And you know, he stepped away for uh, his own personal reasons. Just wanted some time to spend with his wife and uh, build his custom fishing rods. I should probably get him a plug for that, but I don't know what 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 the uh, company name is. But he makes an excellent fishing rod. That's what he loves to do. But um, called him up. Uh, Steve and myself had a conversation with him, and um, he knew we were in a little bit of a bind and he, he always told us if we ever need help to give him a call. And that's what we did. And he, he already booked his flights. That's awesome. Let's, uh, Dave, anything else for, for champions cup for you? Or do we, do we make the, the, uh, the switch to the, to the grand nationals at this point? Uh, you can kind of talk a little bit more about MRP. You guys have been there before. So I think this has got to be third, fourth or fifth time you guys have been there, uh, with the program. Yeah, I, I think this will be our third year there. Uh, we did take a year off at one point. Um, you know, and, and ultimately our plan was to start, we, we have more tracks than we can run in a year that we'd like going to. So it got to the point where we had to start shuffling tracks around, um, you know, and MRP just was one of those tracks. We said, okay, we're going to take a year off. We'll go back another year. Um, but ultimately now it came down to what states could we run a race in for sure. Um, you know, we had two races scheduled for Illinois, Illinois and, uh, both tracks that we really wanted to go to. And there's a chance they would have opened up in time for us to be able to hold a race, but um, we needed some definite answers at this point. The racers deserve to know where they're going to race. So, uh, we started looking at tracks. We knew we could race at MRP. We've always gotten great numbers there. Um, and it's excellent racing. So, um, you know, we called up, uh, Gary who owns the track and had a conversation with him and he said he was, well, we were more than welcome back. So, uh, we, uh, put a plan together, uh, very quickly. Actually, I was actually very pleased with how fast we were able to put that together and, uh, off we go. I have to believe you, but you guys have been doing this long enough nowadays that putting a plan together, it's really plug and play. You guys have your program kind of dialed in now these days. Yeah. I mean, right, right now, like I said earlier, you know, the biggest issue we have with this whole, you know, is the coronavirus affecting staffing, just trying to make sure yeah. we can get the bodies in place. Cause um, as we've grown, we're having to add more people and we're still trying to add more people. So while we're trying to add, we're also kind of losing a couple of our, our regulars here and there. So um, that that's been the biggest trick to it, but thankfully, um, 
there's there's a lot of people that want to help us when we need help. So uh, we're so far uh, we've been able to pull it off. Speaking of adding a lot of people, let's talk about the Grand Nationals because you can't just use a regular uh, a regular staff for that one because that event is just so massive and continues to grow. Let's talk. Let's let's get rolling about uh, Grand Nationals four man. It's uh, it's just around the corner, four months away. Is that all? I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, about four months. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I, you know. Um, is there planning underway? Of course there is. You know, we've yeah. been planning that race since uh, about a week after we left the track. Um, you know, we're working through some track layout things right now. In fact, uh, that announcement will get made. Um, what track we'll be running for the Nationals um, sometime after our 4th of July race, because yeah. the plan is I will have the time to actually drive the track and kind of feel it out for myself um, to decide if we want to make a change or if we want to stick with the layout that we've ran and ran very successfully. Um, cause obviously we don't want to change something just to change it. You know, we're only going to change it if we think it's better for some reason. Um, but yeah, we're expecting big numbers, um, for that race as always. Um, our hope is that the Canadian border will open up in time for all of our friends from the North to come and join us. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, you know, I've been in contact with a few of those guys that have been, uh, dedicated supporters of ours. Um, and they're chomping at the bit to get back over here and race with us. Uh, obviously it's out of our, all of our control. Um, but uh, hopefully with the race being in October, uh, things will have lightened up enough where those guys can come and join us again. Yeah. So for those of you who maybe not know, the Cup Cards North America Grand Nationals on the first weekend of October, which is what, David? This but look at your calendar, Dave. Look on the sheet there, second, third, and fourth on the Boom. notes there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At at Newcastle Motorsports. At Newcastle Park. Motorsports Park. Yeah. I, I want to put the bid in for the same racetrack as last year because one, I was faster than Rob was there. But two, <laughs> it it I think it provides a great racetrack because i had never been on that track or seen races at using the configuration that I we did it. use oh, yeah. i think it, it worked out great and i think i think that's I, I like the idea of changing but it's almost like hey maybe every other year or you know two years for every layout type mentality because people people want to go back and experience that same racetrack again even though we all know it's newcastle and the national track seems to be the bore of everybody's uh at least two cycle wise existence but uh, that's why you see SCUSA changing, USPKS, WK, all the different programs that, are, that continue to go there. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I'd love to hear what, what racers think about uh, the layout and if they want to go back or if they want something different. Yeah, we got for a couple, sure. we got a couple guys on here. If anybody's on the side wants wants to ask us questions about what – tell us what you think about the track. We'll bring you on here in a couple seconds. I, I, I thought David would want to change the track because maybe if you did, his chain would be able to stay on and he'd be able to finish the main event. But. I don't know. <laughs> that that was Marshall Martin's fault. So I'll throw him under the bus. But <laughs> but it also had to do with the weather and changing everything. And yeah, so it's not exactly his his uh his fault, but it's just the racing gods sometimes, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes you get put in a wall at Rock Island, sometimes you don't, right? That's right. So, or so sometimes you get put into the wall many times at Rock Island. <laughs> many times. Like every time I'm not there, David Cole's on the wall. Uh, Chuck Maitland says run it backwards. That's a thought. Yep. Yeah, yeah we, we we actually had that conversation. Um, I, I've been advised that that for the the class sizes that we're anticipating wouldn't be the best call. Uh, Tom Harlman says the track was fun. I love having the Monzi in it, which I thought was really cool. And he also had said before that he'd like to have a second chance at running it, going to what's, what David said, right? A second shot at it. Jeff Scott says, take the kink out and give us a little more straightaway. That's another opportunity as well. Yeah. Greg's like, I'll do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This uh, is a democracy. <laughs> a democracy. <laughs> I, I never said that. 
<laughs> I, I will say this. I did enjoy the track. I thought the track was was really cool. Cutting into the Monza, coming back around. I thought that was a, it was a really cool track for sure. Uh, all right, David. What else you got here? Let's uh, let's keep going. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about numbers. What do you? And, and people, you you know, after the race, obviously, Greg. You know, you take a, a little bit of time off, and then you go to work on the phone a bit in the off season. People that you're talking to, teams that you're talking to, or you're hearing a potential. I got to think more Canadians are going to come down if, if the borders open, which I believe it will be. Where else do you think you're going to see more growth from? Well, you know. I, I think we draw pretty well right now from that Midwest core group. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's an easy trip for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, beyond Newcastle being such a great facility, there's an obvious reason to choose it for a big event because it's so central to so many people. Um, I can tell you that there's a, a contingency from Seattle that I've been talking with uh, that's working on actually figuring out a way to get a, an 18 wheeler together to put as many go-karts as they like can um, just so they can all get down there without having to pull their individual trailers. Um, Art down at RLV uh, does a great job at promoting us down in the California area. He always gets some people to come up from down there. Um, I really expect to see a big contingent from uh, you know the uh, Florida Carolinas area this year. Um, we actually we we spent some time um, in the off season talking with the folks from GoPro, um, so they're going to make sure that this year they don't run an event in conflict with us, which there has been the last couple years. Um, so and, and thanks to Paul Rice at MGM and you know Vega down there. Um, for really spreading the word to those folks down in that part of the country, because I, I really think there's going to be a good turnout from there. I know I, I mentioned Canada before as well, just to update a lot of people. Uh, our new new case, uh, new daily cases of the coronavirus keep going down and down, less than 400 uh, yesterday, which is great. We just keep going down. So I have a feeling we'll have that thing locked down. I think we'll probably be able to open it up. But you guys had like a, a bit of a pseudo partnership, or at least we're working together with the, the Can-Am race that they were, they were they were putting on the Four Cycle Festival up in Quebec. I know, I think that they were going to get, uh, they buy some entries uh, to, the, to the Grand Nationals. That race, obviously not, not a go. But is that something you think you might see think doing more of some more maybe combination partnerships with other programs around the country? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there there's a lot of people that are like minded out there for how to how, how karting should move forward, specifically for a cycle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thankfully, we've met some of those people up north where 206 has had such a huge impact on karting up in Canada. So, yeah, we are definitely open to any any types of partnerships like that, because truly it's easy to do. Um, you know, I, I think over the years, the rule book that we've been using and the rule book that Canada has been using have become much more aligned where there's so few differences that it's not very difficult for someone to go from one race to the other. Um, you know, ultimately, yeah, I'd love to find a way to, to do some type of co-op event where not only do their racers come to us, but at some point our racers go to them, um, and, and put on some type of Can-Am package. Um, I, I don't know how quickly that can happen. And obviously coronavirus is throwing a kink in any types of those plans, yeah, Exactly um, that. but, but it's something we're working. We continue to work towards and, uh, hopefully someday can come to fruition. Anything new we can talk about with the grand nationals, uh, any format changes, any new prizes coming in, whatever it may be. Um, well, we're working with, uh, one of the cart manufacturers who, uh, I still have to re rename nameless at this point, but we, uh, does sound like we will be giving away a chassis. Okay. Um, brand new racing package, uh, probably one that you didn't even break this time. I didn't um, break it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that card actually sat on the pole at Del Mar, did it not? The that, uh, was that the same card? That's the card, yeah, yeah. The same card. The I, junior driver, I forgot the I, name. I, I did not know that. Um, well, they, they've obviously replaced some bodywork since they got it from you, so um. <laughs> Are you but, talking yeah, so, about? <laughs> they came back beautiful shape. 
it had a little rubber on it. That's about it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so we're, we're obviously working with all of our sponsors to try to put, put the best stuff we can together. Um, you know, the plan is to do the live stream again. We're hopefully going to add a few new things to that as well. Um, I'm actually working with a company um, out of Europe that does a really, really cool uh, video overlay um, for the um, live stream. And it'll look very similar to what you see for um, Formula One or something like that, where you got the ticker up on the side of the screen. Um, nice. you know, that it, it's a little bit of a reach technology wise for us. So I'm, I'm scrambling to learn all that, but if we can pull it off, we will. Um, and, and the sponsors always step up big. Um, all I have to do is call them and say, Hey, I need a little help to put some more stuff on the table for grand nationals. And, um, you can ask Mike, the, the amount of cardboard from all the boxes of it, things that get shipped in for that race is, um, larger than anything they see all year. So, um, yeah, I, I have no worries that we'll have a, a ton of stuff to give away at Grand Nationals because our sponsors support us so well for that. How about this? Uh, what we have last year in the senior class, 70-something, is there, is there a potential to have to cap at 80? Like, if you start getting well, – there's only so much time, right? You could, Unless it's going to be a four-day event, is there an opportunity to have to cap some of these classes? So one of the discussions that we've been having uh, internally is do we need to change the format to accommodate more people? Yeah. Um one of the thoughts is to make Friday a, you know, do qualifying Friday night, which um, is something we've avoided because we do have some families that are working families that taking the extra day off of work impacts them. So uh, we're going to try to avoid that if we can, but you know, the writing's on the wall. If this thing keeps growing, we're going to have to do something to accommodate it. Um, I, I, I'm not a big fan of class caps. Um, I, I, the last thing I want to do is limit the amount of people that can come and participate with us. Uh, I'm hoping that between adding another senior class this year, um, that, that will help alleviate some of that problem. Um, and quite frankly, if we had to go to an LCQ feature format where maybe not everyone gets to make the final, um, I would be much more inclined to do that versus capping entries. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT karting helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual-density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, 
PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com, where all our products are just a mouse click away. We ship daily to ensure that you get your order as quickly as possible, and we are constantly adding new products to our online store. We specialize in IAMI engines, tillet seats, ceramic product line, OTK products, Briggs & Stratton engines, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fit your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. When do we have the discussion of lowering the weight for the Masters drivers? <laughs> um, We're gonna I, have, to... I think we have one that Friday. I think we get all the drivers together and, and band together and get something done and then come to, to not you. We'll go to, we'll go to whoever the race director is. If it's Rick Folks, he'll have to listen to us, but. <laughs> Uh, but that's, that's my idea. But yeah, I, that's one thing I've tried to work on throughout. I wanted to work on this year, but obviously we can't because we're not trackside is, is, is kind of a weight diagram or a weight column and talking about, you know, how much weight people are actually putting on and stuff like that. But yeah, Rob, me and Rob, we're 200 pounds and we're adding 25 to 30 pounds on just to make weight. It's, it, it just seems odd. Well, if you're complaining about adding 25 to 30 pounds, I got a lot of racers that would laugh at that because they're adding oh, way Jeff, more than that. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott goes, yes, he wants the lower. <laughs> Jeff weighs, he weighs about a buck fifty, I think, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I believe you know this is actually something that was discussed in the off season. Um, I did get a fair amount of emails to that point. We looked at it. Um, we did a much less official weight study than you probably would have, David, uh, just, uh, throughout the last race and grand nationals, we tried to take as many notes as we could, uh, when we had time. Um, and at this point we thought it was too soon to make an adjustment to the master's weight. Um, quite frankly, as much as we hate adding classes to just for the sake of adding classes, if 
you know, if we had enough guys, we could do two master's classes. So um, that that is, you know, one of the things that was an option. I've also gotten some emails to add. Um, I would call it a super seniors class, but uh, um, maybe a, a, a slightly older age. Uh, the 35 age is becoming question a lot. Um, there's a lot of us that are now qualified as masters that some of the older drivers aren't a big fan of. So um, there, there's you definitely, mean, you some... mean, you mean like when I went to rock Island for the first year of two Oh six masters and I had to race against 30 year old <laughs> Tony Nielsen. I'm like, I think he was 29 on Friday and turned 30 on Saturday. Probably. probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, but hey, listen, that that's the spread. It is right. 30. You guys are, you guys are, are you guys 30 or 35 for masters? We're, th we're 35. You're 35. All right. Well, I'm 51. So I'll be 50, 52 <laughs> by the time we get there. That's yeah, always, if David ever beats me, that's always the thing I'll be able to fall back on. You know, a 10 years difference. You know, I just, I've got that. Hey, nothing like having a built-in excuse. That's exactly right. What David's <laughs> that's, had one, that's Rob David, Howden. David's period. had one for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want a job. <laughs> you got one, Dave. You're good to go. You're good to go. All right, listen, I guess we're, uh, we're pretty much wrapped up. Anything else, David, you want to want to bring in here? No, you hit on the format. I was going to get into that. But, yeah, it's – Obviously, uh, you said if there's going to be no caps, there's obviously going to have to be a little bit of an adjustment uh, uh, with the schedule, as you said. I think with the heat races formats, the A, B, C, and D, uh, you're able to get 40 to 60 carts out on a track for each heat. So I think that, allows you, that really allows you to open up to, say, 120 entries in one class. So and then, and then, as you said, just run an LCQ to get those final, you know, however many positions. So I think, I think that's kind of a great... Uh, Oh, Gary Lawson's 37. So there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. There's no excuse against, there's no yeah. excuse race against Gary Lawson. He just No. He's the legend. Yeah. So I I think uh yeah, I think I am excited about it. I know uh, I know we have battled the Brickyard before well, we go to the Cup Carts Grand Nationals, but I'm excited about uh, about getting back to Newcastle. Me too. Me too. We're going we're going to do our burger smash again if that's okay with you. Raise some money for Riley kids. Absolutely. And actually, you kind of set a trend with that. Um, we're going to actually be doing a barbecue cookout of our own at the 4th of yes. July race. Good for so, you guys. That's um, awesome. I, I, I'm really happy to announce actually Cartlift um, you know, came on board and uh, they're going to be providing all the food, beverages, um, everything for everyone. So for that 4th awesome. of July race, once racing's done, well, obviously they'll get the barbecue going. Uh, we're going to have some carnival games set up right out on the track, actually. Nice. So we're going to do the cookout and everything right out in the middle of uh, right at the start finish line. And then at 10 o'clock, uh, a very, very large fireworks display. Um, it, I'm actually told it's going to be larger than the, the uh, local city's fire fireworks. So we're actually <laughs> expecting quite a few locals to show up because we, we've had a few uh, a few people who have asked her to name nameless, but uh, a few people that have kicked in uh, a fair amount of money to uh, help us put on just a really killer fireworks display. That's awesome. That's a great connection. I do want to thank you guys. We raised $4,000 last year for Riley Kids being able to awesome. do the Burger Smash at your track, which is your event, which is great. And to have Cartman stepping up for this, that's it's just going to make that weekend so much more fun, too. It's great. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the whole idea for a 4th of July, I've always wanted to avoid a race on 4th of July because it's kind of a family weekend. Um Quite frankly, USAC and Brickyard broke the mold for that. Um, they, they proved that people want to go racing that weekend. So, uh, But we still wanted it to be as family-oriented as we could. So that's why we thought doing fireworks, carnival games, um, and, and obviously the barbecue is a good way to accomplish that. I love it. David, anything else? We'll wrap things up here. No, that's it. Looking forward uh, to seeing what happens with uh, the rest of the season for both the Champions Cup and at the Grand Nationals. All right. Here's my final question for you. What, what, was, the, what was the final number last year at Grand Nationals 3? Oh, um, 
Let me let yeah. me find it. Hold on. Gave it's, gave it's it's it better than I do, probably. I could pull it up quick. <laughs> I, I want to say it was 253. 281. 281. Oh, wow. So what's the goal this year? Oh god. You, you <laughs> always put me on the spot. I always that. put that's what I do. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, 300's enough, right? Uh, yeah, oh I mean three three plenty. Um <laughs> Quite frankly, if uh, the world kind of stays calm and we don't have any more uproars and um, the weather plays plays along well with us, I think 300 is probably a pretty low number. But, I think um, three, 350 maybe? Yeah, that's um, probably very feasible. I like, I, the I, fact, I, I like the fact that you shuddered when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve wants 350. Steve Vermeer wants Steve, 350. Yep. He wants 350. Oh, he wants 500. He just won't. Uh, <laughs> he, he probably won't post that. But I mean, of course, we want to put on the biggest, baddest event that we can. Um, you know, Newcastle's so supportive for that event. I mean, anything we've ever asked for, they've helped provide and more. Um, if it can be done, that's where we'll do it. Yeah, that's and listen, like I said, this feels it just feels like the supernats. You know what I mean? It feels like that this that's the way this race is becoming for the four cycle world. And I, I think you're going to see guys coming in from California. You said some people potentially from from Seattle. I think you're going to see a lot more people, a lot more guys I've talked to up here in Canada are coming down as well. We know Trevor Wickens from Prime Power Team brought, brought a big team of Burrells down there. The PSL guys were there. Uh, you already have a good contingent of guys that. that from just across the border that come to some of your races as well. So I think 350 is definitely an opportunity. I, I really do. No, I do too. And there, there's some potential partnerships that we're working on for this year yet um, that could easily add 40, 50 entries at the, at the drop of a hat. So um, we're, we're hoping that those are things that we'll be able to announce maybe in the next, you know, four to six weeks, but you know, there, you know, there a lot of moving pieces and obviously a lot of people playing catch up right now yeah, uh, with plans plan. that we'd already made. No doubt. Listen, Greg, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. No, I you know I thank you guys for having us, and and truly thank you for all the support you guys have given us over the years. Um, you know this this whole deal has truly started out as a grassroots deal, yeah. and um, you know everything that you guys have done, social media, um, just getting the word out to uh, the karting community as a whole has been really supportive. So thank you for that. That's what we're here for, uh, David. Last last thoughts. Thumbs we're done. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag beat David Cole. No, 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 no. Yes. I'm, in, I'm all over it. Folks, it's me, Greg Jasperson. Where is he? Right there. there right is, yeah. there. <laughs> From Cup Cards North America. Again, uh, their next race, July 4th weekend, Newcastle Motorsports Park. If you're looking for an event, you talked about how great it's going to be. They got a lot of stuff going on, a barbecue. They got fireworks. They have some games going on. Uh, round number three will be at uh, at uh, MRP, Michiana Raceway Park. Round number four, the finale of the Champions Cup, uh, August 21 to 23, SeaTech Manufacturing, Motorplex up at Road America. A tremendous racetrack. They used to have major national events. Stars of Karting was there. Uh, a great a great track. And just a great venue. Road America is an awesome venue, of course. October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, the fourth running of the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. If you're, if you're a four-cycle driver, put that one on your schedule. We need 350. It's going to be a big one. Greg, again, thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you, guys. All right, folks, we are done here. Uh, Greg, uh, great to have him joining us. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, we've got the good folks from uh, Racing for Vets. It's a new program. Not a new program. It's a program I want to learn a lot more about. They do they do some great stuff with karting and veterans that are suffering from PS, uh, PSTD. Uh, so we're going to talk to uh, three of the people from, from Racing for Vets tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So we look forward to that one. That will be a really interesting uh, show, and I think a lot of people will want to kind of tune into that one. Dave, thanks for doing a great job with the production, buddy. I appreciate it. I'm trying, thanks, Rob. You know, I, I, it's the haircut. I, can I think the haircut's helped. You're more, yeah, you're more, you're more aerodynamic. <laughs> I just got to get rid of that chin spinach. 
Yeah, it's 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 getting there. It's a little rough. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you. For, thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Bucket. <laughs>